Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me. It's Toby. Um, we're just gonna hop right into it. I'm not even gonna, you know. But actually, Toby, how you doing, man? That's that's how we got to start off. I'm doing very good. Like we were talking about just before we started, my dog had a you know bad allergic reaction, but she's doing much better now. So doing very. That's well. why there is no preview for this card. But you know, it is what it is. The dog's good. That's all that matters. Anyway, let's. We're starting with the main event because this was a. I hate to call it a dud because it was a very dominant performance by Corey Sandhagen. But, you know, I think we'll have to call it what it is. It was kind of a dud, especially because the rest of the card was so awesome. That's why it was a dud, in my opinion. But um, Corey Sandhagen, uh, how, what was his control time? That's what I want to know, man. And I hate how it doesn't show it on the UFC website. But I think it was 18 minutes. Yeah, he dominated this fight on the ground. And I don't blame him. Rob Font's dangerous. And... I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, and you know, Corey. I uh, hopefully his his elbow injury isn't bad enough that he has to have surgery. But um, yeah, man. Corey Sandhagen's legit. You know, his his grappling. I always thought he had decent grappling, but his grappling has greatly improved since the Aljamain Sterling fight. I think he's one of the more underrated grapplers in this division. And this was just a terrible way for the card to end because it was so awesome. Everything prior to this. Yeah, I was a bit uh, disappointed in his performance. And then he mentioned after that he uh, tore his triceps most most likely at the start of the fight. So I can excuse a lot of um, him not pursuing the finish as much as I would have liked. You know, I saw Aljo talking about it afterwards, how, you know, he's fought with a torn bicep and stuff before, and he's still gone out there and got a finish. I mean, you know, you can't really say, you know, every fight is different. So I'm not sure what Sandhagen was feeling in there. I would have liked to see him pursue the finish a bit more. And he did go for it in the fifth round. I think there was like a couple minutes left and he went for a submission. But hey, Rob Font's game. Um, yeah, I thought it was it, it was a bit lackluster after such a good card. And this was the one fight where you were like, this is guaranteed. You know, we were both thinking like this is guaranteed to be a banger. And it didn't really pan out that way. But, you know, regardless, Corey Sandhagen spent 70 plus percent of this fight on top uh you know controlling rob font and the rest of the time he was still in control so this was a complete domination he showed a new level to his game like we knew that his wrestling was improving but you know rob font doesn't have bad takedown defense or anything he's a good anti-wrestler uh you know primarily a boxer but you know he's got good uh takedown defense typically and you know sandhagen just dominated him um yeah so I don't know. I'm not sure if this is like guarantees him a title shot, but he does have a nice little streak going right now. He's beaten Song Yudong, Cheeto Vera, and he's looked dominant in most of these yeah. fights. And yeah, I mean, you can't deny Sandhagen, man. I think uh, he deserves it. And his last, and he, he, I thought he beat TJ Dillashaw watching that after watching that fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, if that's the case, you know, he could say his, you could say his only loss is to Piotr Jan. Like, dude. How yeah. can you dispute that? 
Um, I don't know where Rob Font goes, man. He's a gatekeeper. Uh, anything like before five. <laughs> yeah. And it's not exactly a great position to be at. And the rankings aren't going to change, probably. He might jump Cejudo or something. I mean, does Sanhagen fight Marab for, like, the title shot? Because I know Aljamain Sterling, I think he said something along the lines of that this might be his last fight at bantamweight, regardless of the result. Yeah. Um, so Marab is going to get the next title shot for sure. Um, so I really don't know, man. It's interesting. It's it, Bantamweight's in a real weird place. It is, it is. And, man, I would really hate if uh, Aljo won this fight, moved up, and then didn't give Corey a chance to avenge that loss because, you know, Aljo subbed him in, like, a minute, and Corey's been on a tear, and he deserves it. He deserves that rematch. And I know that Aljo doesn't have to get it to him, and he's on a great streak himself, and he could very well move up and be successful. But, you know, I just think that Corey really deserves that rematch. For sure, for sure. And Rob Font, I don't know where he goes, man. It's tough to tell. Yeah, I mean, he might start to have, uh, have to start fighting guys like, you know, Pedro Munoz, uh, fighting down a little bit. And some Ricky guys, Simone. Dominic Cruz. Yeah, he could fight like a Ricky Simone, maybe. We'll see. Shout out Ricky Simone. Um, all right, let, let's let's go to the exciting part of the card because it was, other than that, that fight, man, it was a really, really great card. They gave out performance bonuses left and right. Um, Asu Almabayev, what a that's a tough guy to debut against an Oday Osborne, and he got the rear naked choke in the second round. I mean, that's really all I have to say about that man. Um, impressive performance to open up the card too. Yeah, kicked off the card great. Um, he had a Peruvian necktie almost locked up too at the end of the first round, which I thought was pretty tight. Um, it was like 10 or 15 seconds left, but O'Day Osborne was able to survive. But it was just domination the whole time. I mean, the wrestling was there. He looked competent on the feet, and he dominated. And he's, you know, got the rear naked, which is uh, his move. So Yeah. Uh, Sean Woodson, eh, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about him, honestly. Like, the dude fought at heavyweight at one point. <laughs> and he's fighting at 145 at like 6'3". <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, uh, this guy had a great debut, though. I thought Bazookia, you know, showed out. I mean, Sean Woodson's tough, especially how big he is for the division. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did not know that, that he fought at heavyweight at one point. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, he is a huge guy for featherweight. But I do like his striking. I mean, he's got, you know, great body work. When he lets his hands go to the body, it's it's pretty nice. Um, he uses leg kicks well and defends them pretty well for his size because that could be one area where he could get exploited. He's got really long, skinny legs, but, you know, he's able to defend against that pretty well. Um, good work in the clinch, uh, big knees. He's had a lot of great – he did a lot of great body work in this fight. He did. And I was surprised how much damage that uh, Bazooka was able to take, but he's a tough dude. You know, he trains with Aljo and Marab. I thought he made a good showing of himself for a really tough opponent – a very, very tall, lanky mm-hmm. fighter, great striker. You know, um, I, I it was a tough matchup for his debut. And I think it was on short notice, too, maybe like three days' notice. So I thought it was a pretty good showing for him. But yeah, Sean Woodson, man, did his thing. Yeah, I think if Bazookia. Oh, man, everything's going on outside here. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, oh no, random thing. I found this chair on the side of the road. 
dude, this thing is sick. Nice. Yeah. I was low key disappointed we couldn't do an episode Thursday because I want to tell you about this chair. I'm not even gonna front. But, <laughs> you know, you had far more important things to attend to. Um, oh my gosh, Cody Durden versus Jake Hadley. Round two might be round of the year. I'm not even, I don't think I'm even crazy with that because these guys both had submissions almost locked up and they kept reversing the position. This was an awesome fight, especially round two. Round three was a little bit of a dud, but man, round two, you know, if you guys need to watch, if if you need to watch something, watch round two of Cody Durden versus Jake Hadley. That was awesome. Hadley's armbar was in so deep, so deep. And I don't know how Durden pushed through that. And he also had like a little triangle. It was like a Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson type situation. But man, what a round. Yeah, this was a great fight. I mean, man, Cody Durden is a dog. Both these guys are really tough. But yeah, that arm bar that Jake Hadley, that was fully locked in. Like it was all the way extended. It was hyper extended. I mean, he it was locked in. There's no way that Durden should have been able to survive that. And he did for like 30 seconds, just getting his arm torn apart. Um, Jake Hadley was even belly down at one point, just ripping his arm up. And Durden fought through it. And he you know, had a close submission attempt himself and he came out with the victory and yeah, I mean, he, he did enough to get it done. He had nice takedowns in this fight. His striking was actually looking pretty good as well against Hadley. Who's, you know, a pretty good striker. So I thought Durden uh, looked pretty good. I I think he's always been pretty talented. I know he got finished really quickly by uh, Muhammad Makaya, but that's not really, you know, Makaya is very good. So that's nothing to uh, sweat over, but yeah, I think both these guys have a future in flyweight. Yeah, uh, flyweight's looking good with all these prospects coming in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, super exciting stuff. Hold on, hold on. What one fight of the night? Did uh, these guys not get a performance, uh, a bonus? Quarantillo oh, and Jackson? That's crazy. No, no way. There's you no what, way. What was fight of the night? Look, uh, well, we have to look this up now. Hold on, I'm, I'm whipping up my phone. This is this is uh, UFC had to have posted on their Instagram. Yeah, if it's dude, if this didn't win fight of the night, I'm gonna be if this, I hope this is just a mistake on the website because that's it'd be pretty shocking. I don't even know, it doesn't even look like they gave out a fight. Of the no, night. they didn't give out fight of the night. What <laughs> that's ridiculous. I hope to god they got backdoor bonuses. Locker yeah, room because this fight was crazy. great. David Jackson had Billy Quarantillo almost dead to rights in the first round at one point. But if you can't get Billy Q out the first round, you're losing the fight. There's no there's no doubt in my mind that if you don't get him out in the first round, you're like you're gonna lose fight. Billy Quarantillo almost locked in a couple go-go plotas. Like I didn't realize his jujitsu was that good. He has really good jujitsu. But David Jackson, Dominic Cruz. As bad, as awful as that commentary was, as awful as it was, Dominic Cruz says Damon Jackson throws things like an off-speed pitch, and he does. It's so slow, but it's so awkward. But it's not like um, it doesn't lack technique either. It's really weird. But, man, we'll talk about the commentary uh, when we get to news. But, yeah, this is this was a great fight. This was awesome. And it was a damn shame it wasn't on the main card. Yeah, I mean, speaking of dogs, you know, this is a typical Billy Q fight. This is one of the toughest guys in the whole UFC, and this is a sport and an organization filled with extremely tough guys. But Billy Q stands out. 
I mean, Damon Jackson was taking it to him in that first round. I thought his striking, although very unorthodox, was looking good. He was landing a lot of crisp shots. And even though he doesn't put full power into them, he just keeps touching you and touching you. And he was landing a lot in that first round. And I thought Billy Q was hurt pretty bad. I thought, uh, yeah, he might have been out the door uh, almost a couple of times, but he survived it and then started putting that pressure on, started walking him down. Damon Jackson was very visibly tired. And I was impressed too, uh, you know, the end of the fight, even even in the second round or the start of the third round, Damon Jackson could have easily broken, found a way out of there, been submitted, but he kept fighting. Even when Billy Q had him right up against the cage, he was swinging back with big shots. He was going for takedowns. He landed some takedowns, even, even though he uh, got stuffed on a lot of the attempts, he landed some, even when he was completely exhausted, it was a great fight. Definitely should have been fight of the night. Kind of shocked that it wasn't fight of the night, but (laughs) it it was a very fun, entertaining fight. Um, I think both these guys still have uh, a lot of room for improvement. And I think they still have a future in the featherweight division. I mean, I don't think, you know, either either of these guys are done after this fight. Um, I, th- I think they still have a, a lot more to go. Yeah. Like, what was I thinking? I know I had a thought during this fight last night about Ilya Taporia. Like, you know, I think Damon Jackson can win, like, a, beat top 15 guys. Yeah. But, like, how good is Taporia, man? We'll find out in December when he probably fights Volk. That's, 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 the, that's the hope. Yeah. We love Taporia on the show, guys. Um. Uh, Carlson Harris locking up the Anaconda choke. That was super slick. Like, man, that was awesome. That's all I have to say about that choke because it was round three. Um, I just came back from a walk because uh, I just needed to get outside for a bit. Walk in, t- 20 seconds later, Carlson Harris locks up that choke. Carlson Harris is only lost in the UFC is to Shavkat Rachmanov. That's nothing to sneeze at. Um, but, yeah, Carlson Harris, I think he can make some uh, headway in this division. Yeah, um, this is a bit of a weird performance of the night, in my opinion, because it wasn't exactly a great performance by Carlson Harris. It was a great finish. You know, like he definitely uh, deserved some type of bonus for the finish that he pulled off. But Jeremiah Wells was dominating him for most of this fight, you know, and it wasn't like he was taking a ton of damage or anything, but Wells was able to take him down. He had a couple of crucial takedowns in the first and second round, and he had at least like three, four minutes of control time in each round. Um, Jeremiah Wells, I mean, this dude, you know, he is jacked and he throws crazy haymakers. He is a very dangerous fighter, but his takedowns, I mean, his wrestling was looking really good. Um, had some sharp takedowns in there and he's still a little sloppy in some positions, but ultimately, yeah, Carlson Harris, he survived, uh, the pressure that Wells was putting on him. And I think Wells maybe tired himself out a little bit with all the grappling and Harrison locked up that choke. It, it was beautiful, man. It was, I wouldn't say performance of the night, but it was definitely a great comeback for Carlson Harris. And like you mentioned, he's only lost to Shavkat, which obviously, you know, we know how good Shavkat is. I think Carlson Harris could be a force in this welterweight division. I think he could um, enter the top 15 relatively soon. He just needs to shore up his takedown defense a little bit, probably. I agree. I agree. Um, this was a, you know, for as good as the card was, you know, this, this usually would be a pretty decent fight on the card, but you know, this fight just didn't stick out on the card because it was, the rest of it was so good, but Kyler Phillips, Hayoni Barcelos, uh, solid fight, man. Uh, Kyler Phillips is really good. 
I think he's won seven of his last eight or something like that. And I think this is his first fight back since 2021. So, you know, shout out to Kyler Phillips. Man. And, it, it, you know, coming off a long layoff like that against a guy against Hayoni Barcelos is so tough because Hayoni Barcelos is a dog, man. Uh, but kudos to Kyler Phillips, man. He looked really good out there. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a bad fight by any no. means. You know, it wasn't didn't stand out particularly out of all the fights that we had. But, no, it wasn't bad. I, I was impressed by both guys in this fight. I mean, Hani Barcelos, I've been pretty high on this guy for a long, long time because I truly think he's one of the most talented fighters in the Bantamweight division. It's just that he can't get a streak going. Like, he, he wins a few and then he loses. He wins a few and then he loses. And he has, like, these really close decision losses. I mean, the – uh, one against Umar, you know, that did not work out very well for Howney Barcelos. But other than that, he's had a lot of close decision losses. But yeah, Kyler, Phil- Kyler Phillips really impressed me in this one. I thought his striking was super clean. Um, I thought his takedown defense was on point, his grappling, his stand-ups, that's what really impressed me. I mean, Barcelos is a phenomenal wrestler and a phenomenal grappler. I didn't even know this, but apparently his dad is a seventh-degree coral belt. I think Dom mentioned that, which is insane. Ooh. But well, yeah, Are we so going to really trust Dominic Cruz on that? He's, he literally well, said yeah. you're, you get cauliflower ear to, to, to protect your brain. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we know regardless, Barcelos is a very, very good grappler. And Kyler Phillips was using uh, submission submission attempts to get back to his feet. He was able to nullify a lot of the pressure from Barcelos. I thought he looked fantastic, man. This, this was a great win for him. And yeah, I think his only loss, if I remember correctly, is like a split decision to Holly and Paiva. Yeah, and Paiva's no bum, so... No, I know, which is, it was so funny when uh, he fought Sean O'Malley and everyone was like, oh, Sean O'Malley just beat another can. And I was like, what? since when was Howley and Paiva a can? <laughs> yeah, he was ranked top 15 at one point. And yeah. I think he moved down to flyweight or something. Like, like he's a he's on. a solid fighter, man. Yeah, he is. Um, Ignacio Baamondes versus uh, Ludovic Klein. Ludovic Klein is yoked, bro. And his, gra- he lo- his grappling looked great, but. I love Baamondes. I, I mentioned him on an episode earlier in the year about guys to look out for. He's still a guy to look out for, guys. Um, I thought his uh, defensive uh, his guard on the ground was really offensive, and he almost got caught him in a triangle with how he's like six three in the lightweight division. It's absurd. But um, Ludovic Klein's the real deal, man. These two guys are outside the top fifteen. That shows how stacked this lightweight division is because Baamondes' striking is incredible is very good and Klein's wrestling clearly is damn good but you know you gotta you gotta respect Ludovic Klein man I think Bob Mondes once he gets older he'll be more formidable but right now Ludovic Klein can make some headway in this division I think yeah for sure you know this if anything I think should have gotten a performance of the night bonus because Ludovic Klein really impressed me in this one even when he wasn't uh, on the ground his takedowns were great and you know he had a lot of good top pressure landed heavy strikes from top position but his boxing man his boxing is really really sharp he throws very powerful shots I'm surprised Bahamundes was able to eat as many shots as he did because Ludovic Klein was landing clean on the feet but he was able to get inside a lot of the big uh, long techniques of Bahamundes. He was able to close that space and throw short hooks, throw a lot of uh, nice work to the body. I thought his kicks were good too. Um, even though he's way shorter, he was still getting his head kicks pretty close to Bahamundes. And like you mentioned too, Bahamundes is still a legit 
talent in the lightweight division. I think he still has a very bright future in this division. Top 15, definitely. Um, we've seen how good he can be. Um, yeah, I think this was just a really tough matchup for him. A solid boxer with great wrestling. You know, it's always going to be a tough fight. But, you know, there are some things he could work on. Maybe um, throwing some more leg kicks on Klein. Maybe a little bit more uh, lateral movement defensively. But, you know, maybe a little bit work um, parrying shots with his hands. But other than that, you know, I think he's still very talented. But I was really impressed by Ludovic Klein in this one. Yeah, I was too. And, you know, like we said, Bob Monis is only 25. He yeah. has time. He's, he's, no, a, yeah. he's a young cat. Uh, Tanner, Bo- uh, Tanner Bozer had... He had so many opportunities to get Cameron out of there, man. And he just couldn't do it. I say cut him. I don't care. He's this guy. Everyone thought he's the next big thing at heavyweight. Oh, and then, you know, he, he stinks it up. Then he goes down to light heavyweight. I think he got knocked. Who did he get knocked out by? Was it Dustin Jacoby? Oh. No, it was Kudalaba. He got knocked out by Kudalaba out of yeah. all people. And, you know, he couldn't put away Kamer. I'm not saying Kamer's a bum, but like, he had like three or four really good chances to get him out. He just couldn't do it. I, I'm not. I he, No, get him out. He's he's not going to be great. Yeah, I'm not sure if he'll ever reach like the top 10 or anything. I thought it was still a pretty decent performance. Um, he couldn't get Kamer out of there, but I think a lot of that is just to the credit of uh, Kamer. I mean, he seems like a really tough guy. Maybe Bozier doesn't just doesn't pack a huge punch or something, but I thought he was landing some big shots and Kamer just ate them and kept coming forward, which was pretty impressive. He was gassing pretty hard too. So yeah, I was a bit surprised that uh, Bozier couldn't get him out of there. He's definitely had some ups and down in his career. I thought he came in in good shape. You know, he had a decent performance. It wasn't anything too special, but you know, it was a fun fight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kamer just ate a lot of shots. Training with Stipe, a lot of big heads over in that camp, big blockhead guys. But, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens after this. Speaking of Stipe, if you look at the picture of me and Stipe, yo, he's not much taller than I am. He's maybe two, three inches. But his head just dwarfs mine. His it's a big head, head is, on that man. His head is huge. So if you ever meet Stipe and you think, dang, this dude has a big head, don't be shocked. His head is gargantuan. And I have a big head. I have a pretty big head, too. So this guy, Stipe's on another level. Shout out Stipe, man. I love that guy. Oh, yeah. Woo! Diego Lopez, you know, he he put up a fight against Mozart Ivloyev. Uh, now if he faced Gavin Tucker, who's coming off a two-year layoff, practically. I, th- I think he got sparked by Dan Ige in his last fight. But, yeah. dude, that single single defense uh with the flying triangle was so sick and then he got the arm bar i'm pretty sure but man dude diego lopez is legit um he his grappling is phenomenal and i don't know man i i don't really have much more to say about lopez you know this fight only lasts a minute and a half there's not much to talk about except you know he went in there and made quick work give him some guy top 15 man yeah, no, definitely. Um, there's not really much to say. Minute and a half long fight, but it, it was impressive. You know, um, it takes a lot of courage, and uh, you definitely have to be confident in yourself to jump on your back like that into a triangle attempt. And he locked it up. 
you know, I think, um, like you said, he ended up transitioning to the arm bar, to the triangle. But, yeah, he was going back and forth on the submission attempt uh, fluidly, very well. Um, I think he's a very impressive fighter, you know, considering that he stepped in on short notice against Mosvar, Mosvar Ivlaev, who is very, very good. Like, we know how good uh, Ivlaev is. And Lopez still looked good in that fight. So I think... Yeah, if not top 15, someone right around there. He deserves a big fight next. Either top 15 or a big name guy, because this is someone you got to watch out for at Featherweight. Indeed. All right. You love J- Dustin Jacoby, so you you you, you take it away, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Dustin Jacoby, you know, I do love this guy. He's one of those uh factory X fighters. I love that camp out there. Brandon Royval, Anthony Smith, a lot of tough dudes up there. And yeah, Dustin Jacoby, he's, he was a really good kickboxer. Um, I think he was ranked like second in, in the world at one point in his weight class in kickboxing. He's just a fantastic striker. He's always fun to watch, never in a boring fight. Um, he has a great one-two. His defense in this fight was so incredible to me because Nchuku was putting that pressure on him. I mean, he was pressuring him hard. He had him backed up right against the cage. And I thought Nchuku also had a good guard. I mean, I'm... I was impressed, too, by Nchuku, even though he got knocked out very quickly. I still thought he looked good in this fight. His high guard was really nice, but Jacoby was able to just get right inside of it. But he was using a similar guard to what um, kind of like Rampage would use back in the day. I think I think uh, it was later termed like crazy monkey boxing, where you have your hands up really high and you just like go like this. Like if you ever watch uh, Rampage's fight with Vanderlei, that's exactly how he knocked him out. He just turned and threw a left hook and KO'd him. But Nchuku was kind of using like a hybrid of this with Dustin Poirier's guard. And Jacoby just broke right through it with a beautiful right hand, dropped him. He packs crazy power, man. His fight against um, Jung, I believe his name was, Daun Jung, I think, dropped oh, him back. Oh, in New York last year? Yeah, yeah. Dropped that him was fl- flat on his back. I mean, he's had a few setbacks against very elite competition. I remember the Roundtree fight. I believe that Jacoby won that fight. It was close, but I think Jacoby took it. And then um, his other loss, uh, who's that against? Um, uh, Azmat Mirzakhanov. Yeah, yeah, Mirzakhanov. You know, Mirzakhanov is a great fighter. So he's had a few setbacks, but this most recent run in the UFC, he's been on a tear. I love Dustin Jacoby, man. He deserves top 10 next. Yeah, I, it, you forgot to mention Dustin Jacoby ate a shot when he was throwing that right hand. I mean that that was a yep. flush left hand that Ashuku put on him. That that drop that drops people. So no, the dude can take a shot as well. So let's take a look at light heavyweight right now. Um, Jamal Hill I, maybe hasn't officially vacated and talked with Uncle Dan or anything, but. Do we do it, Dominic? No, do, I saw you moving that cursor, and I was like, "Don't even mention it, man." Not Dominic Reyes, please. Although, like, look, I love Jacoby. I do not want him to murder Dominic Reyes. <laughs> you know, after seeing that Ryan Span knockout, the way it, that was such a violent knockout. The way his body, like a ragdoll. You know, people talk about ragdoll knockouts. That was a true ragdoll knockout. Of it was Dominic a jab. Reyes. It was a jab. It, it was a jab. It's like, man, this guy should hang it up. Truthfully, and he's like 33. It's over, man. Your career is done. You had a good run. It's over, man. It's sad that he's only 33 and light heavyweight. Yeah. In a, in a division where old guys can dominate. And we're saying, dude, you got to hang it up. I yeah. don't know. John Jones messed him up. <laughs> yeah he must have i don't know but i mean i guess if they 
are feeling a bit sadistic, they could do Dominic Reyes, but maybe a uh, Ryan Span, oh, Volker that'd, Uzdemir, be, that'd you know? be so mean. I mean, doesn't I, I think Uzdemir has a fight? Um, Ryan Span might have a fight too. To be Uzdemir's honest, fighting. Uh, oh wow, Uzdemir's fighting uh, Mirzakhanov. And right. spans uh, we got the 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 uh the, oh, Smith, the second yeah. S- Smith versus Span too, man. The most highly anticipated rematch of all time. <laughs> all time. All, all all time. Well, yeah. But I they don't have know. to do the trilogy, right? If Ryan Span wins, right? They oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Pay-per-views. I mean, really there aren't many options then. It's either Roundtree or Alonzo Minifield, I guess. Did Nikita Krylov lose his last fight? Uh no, he beat Ryan Span. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Oh, yeah, he... Rakic needs a fight when he returns. Yeah, yeah. If you want to give him a big step up, for sure. He's been out for a while, Rakic. Yeah, he's been out since May of last year. Wow. I was so sad when that fight got canceled off. Columbus Blahovich versus Rakic. I was so I almost screamed. That could have um, been good. Yeah, but we got a pretty good Blades knockout of uh, Chris Dawkins. Shock. Oh yeah, Curtis yeah. Blades. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Barbarana versus Brown, legendary. That was a great fight. Um. All right, Tatiana Suarez is back, baby. Y'all know what it is. Um. And I don't know what to do with Andrade. She's slowing down. Yeah. She's slowing down. It is really sad. I mean, Tatiana Suarez, when it comes to grappling, she's as good as it gets, guys. So, and Andrade, man. I love Jessica Andrade, man. She brings the heat every time. What she did to Lauren Murphy was criminal. Um, <laughs> what was more criminal was that the fa- was the fact that her coaches didn't throw the talent. Um, <laughs> but Jessica Andrade, man, I don't know what to do with her. I think she should say moved up because I think the weight cut is probably going to get to her more as she gets older at one fifteen. And she's not a small twenty fiver from the looks of it to me. So I don't know. Uh, let's head over to the rankings. What, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, man, my thoughts are really just that Tatiana Suarez is legit and she could be fighting for a title, if not uh, now, you know, one more fight, but if not now. So I think that, uh, yeah, it was very impressive from Suarez. I definitely agree. Andrade, kind of hard to decide what to do with her. She's had a great run in the UFC. She definitely seems to have lost a step. And, um, you know, she used to get by on just like pure aggressiveness and toughness. She could take your best shot. And she would still be able to land uh, even harder on you. Like in the Rose fight, I mean, she was taking some big shots from her. A lot of people forget that, but Rose was tagging her. She was piecing her up before um, Andrade picked her up and slammed her on her head. But yeah, I mean, she really just thrives off putting her head down and winging hooks. She's like John Lineker. She always reminded me of a female John Lineker. But that's like Michael Chandler in that aspect too. Just hooks, hooks, hooks. Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, that style can only last for so long. She's fought literally the best of the best in three different weight classes, which is very impressive. But no, I mean, I think that Tatiana Suarez, it was a very impressive performance. So what do we, oh man. Where, where do we go with uh, Suarez? I, I think Yan Xiaonan, wait, they might want to save her for a title fight with Zhang Weili. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I think loser of uh, Whaley and Lemos. I think that's. I think that has to be the fight. Yeah, that would probably make the most sense, you know. And then, uh, say she wins that, she could move up 
fight Grasso because she beat Grasso a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, it's, I mean, her record is crazy, man. She beat Grasso. She beat Carla Esparza. She beat Nina Nunes. Now she beat Andrade. I think Suarez is legit, man. I think man, she's very good. It stinks that. Didn't she have like cancer slip nodes or something like that? Wasn't yeah, that some, something severe. Yeah, we have to look this up now. Um, but uh, yeah, um, her wrestling, you know, in a lot of these lower weight classes, wrestling will take you a long way. I mean, we've seen that with Carla Esparza, for example. Wrestling took her very far, took her to becoming champion. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. Carla Esparza is even champion material, to be honest with you. But uh, she made it there and she won. And Suarez is that and much more. So yeah, take a look at her credentials here, man. World Jiu Jitsu uh, Championships, blue and white belt, uh, wrestling, uh, bronze medal at the World Championships. Savage. Yeah, I mean, uh, with that level of wrestling and grappling, she only has to be competent on the feet. And she, I think she's a decent striker. She's a good enough striker to get by and be able to get those takedowns and control the grappling. Exactly. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, so she had... um. Oh, she had cancer before she came to the UFC. Jeez, man. Oof. Thyroid cancer and uh, lymph nodes removed. Jeez. Hmm. She did Damn. have a very long layoff, though. I'm not sure. She did. She had she, she had a hiatus. But damn, man. Shout out to Tatiana Suarez. Not many people can do that. No, I'm, she's super tough. And she's a finisher. That's another thing. She yes. finishes al- almost all of her fights, which is very rare, especially in the lighter weight classes. But she is a finisher. Yeah, she has one to two decisions in the UFC, and the rest are finishes. Yeah, man. Talk to you about swords is awesome. Great story. All yeah. right, let's talk about how abysmal this commentary was last night. This it was. I think we got to redo our uh, tier list. I think we got to put Bisping and Cruz down in the F tier, bro. That was abysmal. It was horrible the whole night. Yeah, I was I was thinking about our tier list uh, when listening to this commentary. I think that our list is still justifiable though because we did throw in kind of a caveat about Bisping and Cruz that they are very hit or miss. Like they can have really good shining moments of brilliance on commentary and they can have really horrendously awful, just entire nights of bad commentary. And this was one of those, they were, I don't know, just like bickering a lot of the time, um, especially in, oh, I can't remember which fight it was, but it, it was kind of funny <laughs> at the same time. Like they were totally not paying attention to the fight. But um, oh, actually, it was the main event because Bisbee kept talking about how boring it was. And then Cruz was like, this is a technical chess match. And they were just arguing about whether it was actually interested or not. And he they was like, just like ad- children. He was like, just admit it, Bisbee. Like, you you don't think this is interesting. And he's, it's like, come on, man. We're professionals. Domin- he's like, here. Dominic, come on. <laughs> you guys are being paid lots of money to commentate on these fights and give your technical insight. Um, and they just weren't doing it that well. I thought they were off the whole night you know anik was kind of trying to like steer him back in there but <laughs> it wasn't working too well so. it wasn't great oh we have we have to discuss one more fight we forgot how bad of a boxer is jake paul he couldn't get nate diaz out of there nate diaz's best martial art is jujitsu and it's, he could compete and compete on a world-class level in that if he just committed to jiu-jitsu man but diaz won two three four he, he might have won four rounds those I didn't agree with those cards. He didn't win the bout. But, like, first off, he didn't make Nate, Nate Diaz bleed. Yeah. 
it was a it was an odd fight definitely an odd fight i thought the one thing i was impressed about uh from jake paul was his cardio because nate you know wasn't um wasn't throwing big shots per se but he was putting a lot of pressure on jake for most of the fight and his cardio seemed to hold up pretty well you know jake was still landing some decent crisp counters um near the end of the fight i thought nate yeah i mean he's been washed for a long time i'm not sure what people expected from this fight like this dude has been washed probably since the second connor fight um and even in that performance against anthony pettis where he won i thought he did not look very good in that fight he just kind of was able to overwhelm Pettis, which is a huge problem that Pettis has had throughout his career back in like 2019. But yeah, um, you know, Jake knocked him down that one time, kind of caught him on the temple. Nate seemed pretty rocked, but he recovered super quickly as always. Yeah, he didn't cut him up or anything, which is kind of surprising. Maybe it was just due to the boxing gloves. But I think people have always, I don't want to say overrated Nate Diaz's boxing, but his style doesn't it's very suited for MMA boxing for small gloves. Like if you watch his fight with Donald Cerrone, that's not technical boxing per se. Like he's throwing one twos and he's throwing, you know, a one, two, three, you know, sometimes we'll mix up some nice body shots, but that wouldn't really translate too well to an actual boxing match. That's really suited for MMA with small gloves and a guy like Donald Cerrone, who has a Muay Thai base, not really, um, not really great head movement in there. So I think people just thought that Nate was a much better boxer than he was like a pure boxer. And he does have a really good boxing coach. Like Richard Perez is a, one of the best boxing coaches around, but he has a very unique style that I think was very geared toward MMA. I think they trained because he was an MMA fighter, you know, they trained for that. So yeah, I kind of expected this. Um, It kind of panned out the way I thought I wasn't overly impressed with uh, Jake Paul, but I wasn't, I didn't think he looked awful or anything. I, I, Here's, here's my thing with Jake Paul. It's like you you couldn't I'm just trying to put the words. You had 10 rounds to get him out of there and you couldn't do it. And yet this is the only martial art you train right now, or like 95% of your training. I'm sure you roll here and there for to you know debut in PFL. But you know, Diaz only did this for what three, four months, only doing boxing probably. Yeah, I I mean, and if this was a if they had four ounce gloves on, I think Nate would have won. Oh yeah, Nate would have definitely won that a hundred percent. If it were small gloves, I think Nate would have won. I think it's a bad mistake by Jake Paul if he wants to take this to the octagon or oh, he's you know, get killed. Yeah, if he wants to fight in MMA, I think that's a very severe mistake by him because he's probably going to get choked unconscious, like almost certainly. You know, he could even get uh, dropped or something and knocked out, but I think he would definitely get choked out um i just don't see you know even if he's been putting in work in mma grappling all the time you just can't make up for the decades of experience that nate diaz has on him even if and he is nate is completely washed but it doesn't it doesn't matter you know mma is a whole different beast i mean the thing with nate is that i don't know he trying to again i'm trying to put it into words Oh, man. Uh, Oh, what I couldn't stand was Jake Paul held on to him for like 10 seconds because he was getting swarmed in the 10th round. I think that was Diaz's best chance to get out of there, and the ref didn't take a point. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Jake was definitely holding on a lot, but I think he knew that's what could happen. You know, he probably – I'm sure he watched the Leon Edwards fight that Nate had where we we know that Nate is dangerous all the way until the final bell – 
Um, and he can tag him with a good shot, rock him, put him out of there. So I think Jake was being ultra careful. But yeah, he was holding him for quite a bit in that final round. I don't know, man. I think, you know, Jake Paul, you know, the rounds and beat. No, Jake Paul did beat Nate Diaz. The rounds beat Nate Diaz. Because if that fight was like, until someone gets finished, you know, Nate Diaz is winning that fight. There's no question. There's no question. And look, I think, I think someone like Calvin Cater could get Jake Paul out of there, or someone like Max Holloway could get him out of there. Like, oh, no, yeah. there's no, que- there's no doubt in my mind. And to- I think if Tommy Fury really just wanted to step on the gas, he could have gotten Jake Paul out of there. Yeah. Anybody, Dustin Poirier would get him out of there. No question in my mind. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm not impressed by Jake Paul. Um, if 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 they really get into the cage, Nate Diaz is going to finish that fight in under a round. Yeah. Um, I think he's, I think he's strategic, Jake. I think he's a somewhat smart guy when it comes to business decisions because he's fighting all the very favorable fights for him. Like you look at the guys that he's fought: Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, Anderson Silva, Nate Diaz. These guys are all minimally 35 36 years old they've all taken a ton of damage and been knocked out brutally in their career except for nate i will say but for the most part all been knocked out a bunch of times in their career and uh you know i think he's just yeah he's just being strategic you know people always say like well he should fight a real boxer well he's not really a real boxer i don't think his goal is to be you know the wbc uh cruiserweight champion or in fight canelo or i think he just wants to make as much money as possible from this endeavor. I think he's doing a good job of it. I mean, his fight with um, Tommy Fury sold like, you know, a quarter of a billion uh, pay-per-views or something. That's, you know, according to him, I'm not sure how accurate that is, but I think it was at least confirmed uh, half a billion. So half a billion. Yeah. Like 500 or no, no, sorry. Sorry. Ha- uh, half <laughs> a million. I kept saying billion. Yeah. That would be pretty insane. No, no, no. Sorry. Good Lord. Half a, half a million. Yeah. My yeah, mistake he had half on that a million. one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's still pretty impressive. Um, So he's doing good at, uh, I think what he set out to do, but, you know, technically speaking, not the greatest boxer, but he's not bad. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people really speak harshly of his boxing skills. And I think that people underrate him a little bit. He's not a bad boxer by any means, but he's obviously not, you know, going to be a world champion boxer or anything. No. Yeah. Um, And, you know, T Wood, man. That's that's hard. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. He could have gotten, he almost got, if Tyron Woody had, Woodley had stepped on the gas in that first fight between the two of them, he would have gotten him out of there. He would have gotten him out of there. Damn it, T Wood. I, I don't think he has that in him anymore, man. T Wood has not been able to step on the gas for like the last five years, unfortunately, which is a shame because when he does, he is a dangerous man. When he knocked out Robbie Lawler, it was beautiful. Came in there and starched him immediately. Uh, Josh Koscheck. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> That's Koscheck. one of the more brutal ones. Yeah, but oh, uh, and Nate Diaz won that fight. Let's be honest, the guillotine choke. Come on, I wish he just would have held on and dropped him. That would have been crazy. Yeah, yeah, man. I wish Nate would have uh, tried to fight a little bit more. I know that a lot of his taunting, like they're just tactics to bait people in, but obviously. Most guys know that, like, you know, in pretty much all his fights now, guys expect him to do that, like, walk away thing, turn to the crowd, you know, like, 
I just don't think guys are falling for that anymore. And even if they do, and he's not a one punch KO guy. So even if they get caught um, on their front foot or something, they're like out of position and he cracks them with a shot. I don't think he has the type of power to really put a guy out, you know? So yeah. I wish he, I wish he would have just pressured from like round two or three, just got that volume. Cause he looked the best in this fight when he was just putting out volume, when he was overwhelming Jake Paul and not even letting him uh, counter him. So yeah. I wish he would have done more of that. And, you know, he just kind of charged in there with his guard high and like just overwhelming. Like, I would hate to fight someone like that. That would suck. Yeah. Here's, Jake Paul said something about the choke. He effing choked me in the post. He said this during the press conference. This is from MMA fighting. He was actually choking me. I'm like, this is crazy. I didn't think he was going to stop, but he had it in. Obviously, I'm not going to try and defend it, but it's just funny. I was like, this is crazy. So, you know, you, you know, I think Jake Paul would have probably laughed it off. If he actually just went plop face first onto the ground. Yeah, yeah. Good sport about it. And then Jake Paul said, you know, if it was MMA, I would have dropped to a double leg. I'm like, buddy, that's not how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. No, man. Nathan yeah. Diaz. I know but, Jake yeah. wrestled a bit in high school, but I don't think uh, those accolades are going to Logan translate. was legit. Logan was legit. Yeah. yeah. He's a decent wrestler. Um, Wonder Boy and Usman's probably gonna happen at MSG. Um, really? Yeah. Oh man. Um, that's a big fight. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Boy. You know, Usman's like, I want to fight Wonder Boy, and Wonder Boy's like, okay. So probably, you know, that fight probably getting canceled probably worked out for the best because if Wonder Boy wins, he, he's getting a title shot. Oh, for sure. You know, I think we all have a suspicion of how that fight's gonna play out, but but. Wonder Boy could start Usman, a hundred like no doubt he could put Usman's lights out if he can avoid takedowns even a little bit. If he can start battering, I think Thompson needs to batter his legs, target those knees. That's what he's the, gonna do. He has to, man. I think that would serve him really well. Front a lot of front kicks to the body, a lot of side kicks to the body. I'm sure that's obviously what he's gonna do. But yeah, I mean, if he can avoid some of those takedowns of Usman. I think this is going to be a very rough night for Kamaru. But I agree. We'll man. see, man. Uh, even though Usman's knees are shot, I think uh, he's still a very legit wrestler. I mean, he's, you know. Yeah, he's very legit. If if uh, <clears throat> Thompson targets his knees, like, right off the rip, Usman's going to have a tough time. Yeah, throw some oblique kicks in there. I think he would do great with oblique kicks. Turn that into a little hook kick, maybe. Try to catch him off guard with something. Yeah, this isn't a walk get in a park for Wood uh, for Usman by any means. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um. Oh, it's funny. It's so funny how I texted you this last night about what you know. Izzy's fights could got to be made soon, right? And then yeah. you know today, spinning backfist um says you know a couple of kinks need to be worked out in the contracts, but uh, Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya is going to be booked for September 9th. I'm excited for that. This co- this this press conference is going to be. Uh, elite yeah that's a fun matchup it's going to be a very fun build-up to the fight i cannot wait to hear what these guys have to say to each other it's one of the more entertaining matchups you can make in the ufc i do think sean strickland he's gonna have to make a lot of adjustments to his game because he does he hand fights so much like he's primarily only ever throws hands like you rarely see he actually has a really nice lead leg front kick to the body like a little snap kick and i mm-hmm. love when he throws that but he just doesn't throw it that much but uh you know it, with the Pereira knockout he got knocked out because he was reaching for that jab prayer was putting it at his chest and he kept reaching slapping that jab down and then prayer just brought it around for a hook 
Izzy could do that very easily. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure he will try to do that and probably bring a lot of head kicks, leg kicks. So Strickland, I don't know if that's just embedded in him to fight that way because he's spars so often. That's just how he fights. He has great defense, but he has some pretty glaring holes in his defense. And I think Izzy has a very good style to exploit that. So yes. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope Strickland's made some adjustments because if not, I think Strickland's going to be, his lights are going to get put out badly. Yeah, I fear that too. I think that. Or wrestle, man. Get in there and wrestle. Yeah, I mean, shoot. He, Sean Strickland has a black belt in BJJ. He's a good wrestler. He never uses it, though. He's a he good wrestled, wrestler. wrestled uh, Manson. Yeah, no, Strickland can wrestle for sure. But, you know, Izzy also has really good takedown defense. His grappling does lack a bit, but his takedown defense is solid. So we'll see what happens. But I would definitely implore um, Sean Strickland to throw a little grappling in there, mix things up. What what if Sean Strickland wins? I... That's a weird, weird reality that we're living in. If Sean Strickland can become the UFC middleweight champion, that would be something. <laughs> that would be wild. That would be wild. Yeah. Oh, I hope it happens. We need it for the memes. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, he's been through a lot. You know, he's a tough guy, so he deserves it. The thing is, he could probably do it. Yeah, he could. He could pull something out of the hat for sure. I mean, I'm not saying a boost is a, a world beater as of right now, but he looked phenomenal. Like, yeah, when John Strickland lets his hands go, man, he can throw some combinations. He when he crack. let his hands go against Brendan Allen, that was a beautiful combination that he finished him with. So. Christoph Jocko, he let him go a few times too. He didn't get him out yeah. of there, but his striking looked really crisp. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sean Strickland's great. Yeah, don't sleep, don't sleep on Strickland. You know, anybody out there, definitely don't sleep on him. I mean, I think Izzy's going to be a pretty big favorite, and rightfully so. But this isn't, you know, uh, you shouldn't write up Sean Strickland off. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, it's it's Sunday. It's the, it's it's a quiet day. There's not much news. Um, was there yeah. anything we missed? Like, because we haven't we hadn't recorded an episode in like a week. Um, let me find I'm... Marcel Dorf. You know, you know, we you know that's the go-to. Because I feel like there's just one thing. Um, oh, I see. Uh, Dana left during the main event last night. <laughs> Yeah. walked out uh during the fourth round i mean hey you know Corey sanhagen did what he had to do man that's he, what I, that's how i look at it if he was as hurt as he says he was i can't really put too much blame on him david dvorak tatsuro taira oh there we go that's awesome that's a fun matchup uh mckinney's fighting mike breeden august 12th okay Hmm. Interesting fight. Uh, Ryan Battle is a fight. Miles Johns, David Argetta. Okay. Not bad one. fights. Yeah. Oh, uh, Fernando Padilla, uh, Padilla, Kyle Nelson. Not, not horrible. There, there's been some decent fights. Um, yeah. Jonathan Martinez will fight Adrian Giannis on October 14th. There we go. That's a banger. Mm, yeah. And I think well oh I do remember the uh the Mexican Independence Day card got uh fully announced, I'm pretty sure. 
Oh, wow. Nice. Here we go. Uh, oh, Gaslam Rachmanov is officially off. Um, oh, yeah. That, um, what was Gaslam thinking? I'm going to know his, not, not Gaslam himself. I'm not putting, what was the sparring partner thinking? Throwing a spinning elbow and sparring. That is weird. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> That's a bad That decision. is insane. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think about that. Um, so Grasso Shevchenko highlighting the card. That's crazy. They're using an old Shevchenko picture without the title, without her uh title garb on. That's crazy. Uh, Gaslam Rachmanov was the co-main. Rest in peace. Um, Chris Curtis, Fluffy Hernandez. Interesting fight there. I don't know why they haven't put it up yet. Um. David Rodriguez is fighting somebody too. Yeah, it's a good card, guys. Uh, oh. But yeah, and it's a free title fight, which is exciting. Yeah. So I see uh, Dustin Poirier is kind of teasing a move up to welterweight, maybe. Interesting. I wouldn't mind that. He's a big, big lightweight. I know. Um, I think he cuts down from like nearly 200 pounds. So 190. Could, yeah. So he could still be a pretty decent sized welterweight. Although. He is only like 5'9", but I mean, there are some guys um, in the top of the welterweight division. Actually, a lot of the guys aren't that big, like Gilbert Burns, Colby. They're really not that tall. They're all like 5'9", to 6 foot mainly. GSP was only 5'10", so. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, a lot of the welterweight division is just a bunch of short dudes. But T. Wood, it was 5'8". Yeah. He's not dead. He is 5'8". Yeah, yeah. T. Wood. Um, but anyway, that's all I got, Toby. You got anything else, man? No, I think we just about covered it. Oh, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but the Sean Strickland uh, versus Abus Magomedov review is one of our most viewed episodes on the channel. Nice. I don't know why, but that's a that's a weird one for sure. A weird one, but anyway, it's at like over two hundred views. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I can't complain. Bots, yeah. thank you. Um, but anyway, that'll do it for us here at Throwing Hands. When we get back, we'll we'll uh, preview Luke versus Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos still main event at like almost 40, so crazy. But anyway, we'll see you guys later. Peace.